When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's All-Sports Leader, The Horn. That is right, Austin's All-Sports Leader and Austin's only local morning sports conversation. We also have Patrick Davis in the afternoons with the uh, Sports Complex. Great first week for Patrick last week, 5 to 7 every afternoon. Really enjoying uh, tuning in to Rich Eisen as well. Jim Rome was on vacation last week, which was poor timing for us, but Jim Rome will be back today. Coming up at 11 o'clock, one hour from now, and then Rich Eisen, where the closer we get to the NFL season, nobody does it better than Rich Eisen with the NFL guests and covering the preseason. And we just heard from DeMarvion Overshone, Roshan Johnson had a uh, nice long run in his debut with the Chicago Bears. Obviously, B. John Robinson didn't play, a lot, didn't play at all in the Falcons game against the uh, Miami Dolphins on Thursday on Friday night. But I think it kind of tells you what uh, they think of Bijan. They're already treating him like one of their best players, not going to play in the preseason. But, uh, yes, so busy Monday, but every Monday, every day is going to be busy here on Ian Rod B because we, we talk sports for five hours. We recap your weekend. We're getting you ready for the Longhorn season in 19 days. At the bottom of this hour, uh, Rod will take you behind the BOC, the Burn Orange Curtain, some really good stuff. Uh, if you're wondering where Rod is right now, Rod had to, to jolt, jolt, bolt out here at 930 to get to a doctor's appointment. His wife is with uh, carrying their first child. So Rod, of course, absolutely needs to be right there next to her as they go to all these doctor's appointments. And I told Rod, Ty, I said, uh, you know, my my youngest is now 21, just turned 21 this summer. It, it flies by, the whole thing, the process. I mean, so go to every appointment, you know, take pictures, uh, remember every moment as you can, Take write in a diary if you have to, uh, just because once you're, you know, my kids are all grown, 21, 22, and 25 now. And uh, gosh, my, my oldest is buying a house. After you got married in November, now they're buying a house, which they're going to close on at the end of the month. So, you know, enjoy those. Well, enjoy every stage and every moment. And it's really cool now. Ty is a. I mean, maybe your parents would tell you this, but when your kids are adults, it's pretty cool because then hopefully you raise them well and they're good people and you want to be around them and they want to be around you, and that is that is fun too. But you man, can be friends at that point. Yeah, kind can't of. be friends when they're kids. You got to be their parent. You can be friendly, but you also have to have rules and boundaries and all those things. But uh, you know, the. Uh, the, the the joys of that, and Rod's 40 years old now, so he's going to have his first child at 40. I had my first when I was 25, because I'm 50, my son's 25. So, yeah, 25. It's uh, it's an amazing time, so good for Rod. We'll get to follow that here on Ian Rod B. As, uh, as he said, he's, his wife is due right around Texas OU, October 7th, right around the Texas OU game. Uh, so we'll, we'll be we'll be counting down the days to that with Rod and Ty. Hey, Ty, last hour before we got to who said that, by the way, thanks to the texter who sent us all these pictures of Lahaina, Maui, before the tragedy. And gosh, what a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, just like, you know, anybody that's been to Maui or in, been to Hawaii will tell you it's just stunning, the beauty of it. And he, these pictures are incredible, and obviously that's all gone now. I mean, it's not there. It's just, it looks like uh, an explosion, but just a terrible, terrible story. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Uh, also, 
The uh, the conversation before that, though, was with Pete Sampson. How about him talking about Jaden Greathouse needs to be an immediate, immediate impact player for them? Like, the Falcons expect B. John Robinson to make an immediate impact. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, number 15 in our Horn Top 20 countdown, uh, expecting Jaden Greathouse from Westlake to come in. And I didn't know this. He had 11 catches in their spring game last spring. Uh, Sam Hartman is their quarterback, and they're, you just heard Pete, Ty. I mean, they need Jaden Greathouse to be really good. I mean, that's a dude that has four years of starting experience at a very high level in, in high school football here in Texas, so I'd, I'd expect it. How rare is that for a freshman to be starting and playing at Westlake? I think he was the first – one of probably may, maybe like three people that have ever done it. That's amazing. It, yeah. it wasn't allowed at Westlake for a long time. You couldn't do it? They, they just, you had to be on yeah. the freshman team kind yeah. of thing? I mean, you see a lot of sophomores on varsity, but at my, ta- at my time there, he was the only freshman. And since then, I, I know he's been the only freshman. Did it surprise you to hear him say that when he, he – you know, Pete Sampson's been covering Notre Dame football for a long time. And so, you know, for him to say – it's like interviewing a 28-year-old man – <laughs> when you're talking to Jaden, is that your a lot of the, I feel like a lot of the high school athletes are like that these days. I know. They're very well media trained. I think it's part of just being on social media and watching clips and stuff all the time. But that's definitely something I've noticed in the past few years is these kids even at Texas and other schools seem more and more prepared to talk to the media when they step on the 40 acres or wherever they are. Yeah. It's uh... – well, you're true. It's true, and I remember when Jaden, you know, he was on our All Flex team last year, All Flex watch list, and then All Flex team as a wide receiver, without a doubt, and a kick returner. I mean, he was everything for them. Uh, but you know, I heard him on Rod's show in the afternoon. I mean, he's a really, really sharp guy, and obviously, choosing Notre Dame means education's important to him too, not just playing football. And you know, he, anybody in the country would have been happy to have Jaden Greathouse. But it's funny, not funny. It's interesting to me that Notre Dame is because they've recruited, they've 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 got Sam Hartman now. Right, Sam Hartman has come in, and you mentioned not only was this a four-year starter at Wake Forest. I mean, I think a lot of our audience not paying a lot of time watching Wake Forest football. In the last two years, Sam Hartman has thrown seventy-seven touchdowns. He was by far the best quarterback in the transfer portal. Seventy-seven touchdowns, and his passer rating combined over the last two years is one hundred and fifty-five. I mean, this is a big-time player. Um, you know, he you know over four, you know, almost gosh. 8,000 yards and 77 touchdowns at Wake Forest in the last two years. So, yeah, you're awake. So you're not on the national stage, but you're playing ACC teams, and you're playing a really good schedule, and that dude is dominating. So, But they need weapons. He just said that. We have a, they have two elite tackles. Joe Alt, their left tackle, is going to be an All-American. Uh, they're going to be able to run the football. They need some game breakers for Sam Hartman to throw the football to. You know, Pete Sampson was pretty honest that we we really need him to be good. <laughs> and so far, you know, Jaden Greathouse, hoping to live up to that. So keep an eye on Jaden. Uh, also, as he said, uh, what was it, Braylon James, the kid who played at uh, Stony Point? He was at Del Valley, then he ended up at Stony Point. And uh, Braylon is there. And who's the other area kid that ended up at Notre Dame? There's one other. It was a corner that Rod was Oh, yeah, about. The, the corner. Uh, yes, the corner from Round Rock. Uh, so, yes, and so three Irish rookies and freshmen to be there. But Sam Hartman's a 20, 22-year-old, 23-year-old, which is interesting that he compared him to Joe Burrow. He said, you know, could he be like a Joe Burrow? Now, he's 6'1", he's 210, but, you know, Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State. But Ohio, at Ohio State, Joe Burrow wasn't playing. Like, he was behind Justin Fields. I mean, he was behind – who was the quarterback before Justin Fields? My, my Buckeye knowledge is escaping me there. But uh, what was his name? Cardell Jones. Well, Cardell was a backup. It was the he was a Texan. JT Barrett. JT Barrett. So it was JT Barrett, and which was Urban Meyer's guy, and and, and of course then it became Justin Fields. And so obviously Joe Burrow was an Ohio kid, saw the writing on the wall and said, okay, I'm going to go to LSU where they need a quarterback. And 
Next thing you know, he's the first pick in the draft, had one of the greatest seasons of all time. I don't know if that's going to happen to Sam Hartman, but you know he's gone to a good place. If they have weapons, they're going to be good. Number fifteen in the countdown, and as Pete said, that schedule. I mean, they play. They'll be the. They'll be the one game everybody will be paying attention to a week from Saturday when they play Navy at Dublin, Ireland. That'll be a fun game, for sure. What time is that on? Like six a.m. Uh, let me get the start time of Notre Dame um, against Navy from Dublin, Ireland. How cool is that going to be for the Fighting Irish to play there? Uh, two thirty. Two thirty Eastern. So two one thirty our time. One thirty in the okay. middle of the day. Uh, so night in Ireland will be a night game in Dublin. Uh, I think they're six, seven hours ahead of us. But uh, so Sam Hartman, that's one to watch and watch for Jaden Greathouse. Uh, also from the weekend, and this one just says, guys, uh, I've been to to Maui and Lahaina. It's stunning and it's all wood. Yes, that's the other thing. It's a very old town, so it burned easily, and there's a lot of trees, a lot of foliage and coverage. And the thing about Maui, right? You're you're at sea, you're down by the sea, but then it climbs into the mountains, and so you. You can climb you know, pretty high, 3,000, 4,000 feet up. My only personal connection, because I've never been to Hawaii. Ty, have you ever been to Hawaii? No. I have family there. I've just never been. I need to go. And uh, so we went to the Astros game on Saturday night. Uh, we drove down Saturday with some friends in our neighborhood. And my good friend Cam and his wife, uh, their son is getting married uh, in September. And so that's coming up in mid-September. And they had booked their full honeymoon for September in Maui. They were supposed to be there, and going there, they've had to call and scramble and try to get a hold of people and try to cancel. And fortunately, I found out yesterday on our drive back, we they, we talked to them, and they've gotten their money back um, because, obviously, you can't fly to Maui right now and probably won't be able to in a month from now. And he said uh, his son and his future daughter got on the phone with because they were running an Airbnb. And so they were talking to the lady who owns the Airbnb, and she was just in tears and sobbing and they all got choked up because it's just it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And uh, so if you can help, I know there are, there are GoFundMes and, you know, Red Cross and all the things. I mean, it really is going to need it to rebuild that and obviously help lives immediately with what uh, people are dealing with there in Maui. But, yeah, yeah so they, now, now they don't have a honeymoon booked. But obviously that's very, very small potatoes versus what folks are dealing with on the ground there. But, uh, you know. And, and that's the thing, right? That's a major tourist destination. People flock there from all over the world, and what a shame. What an absolute shame. This says Kelly Gruber started some Westlake games as a freshman. Is that in football or is that in baseball? I, I know he's a baseball player. He played player. both. I went to school with his son, actually. Really? He wasn't as good of a, as a player. He was more of a jokester on the team, but sometimes that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, you know, it's hard to live up to being a major league athlete. I mean, that's like a one. Which is so cool to hear DeMar Beyond Overshone talking about you know, appreciating that he's in the 1%. You know, he, he, you know, rarely do you make it here, and uh, pretty cool to hear Jordan. What were you were, from the Cowboys games? You were able to see Ty. What uh, what were your big takeaways from? Um, I, I mentioned earlier the offensive line because they didn't start any starters. So it was all backups, and but their offensive line up against Jacksonville's mostly their backups too. They didn't start some key guys too. So it wasn't like you were going up against the one Jacksonville line. Cowboys depth on O line is a problem. I don't. It's just not good. Yeah, right uh, I didn't. I didn't see much. I'm planning on watching it after the show today when I'm doing some stuff behind the scenes here at the station. Um, but one, a few things that you've already mentioned: Demo and Deuce Vaughn both had highlight plays uh, that I saw, and then I, I saw a little bit of Will, Will Greer, the third string quarterback. I, there's there's a little bit of noise out there that he might be able to push Cooper Rush for that number two job, even though Cooper did everything and more last year when pressing the action with the the Dak Prescott injury. So that's something to look out for. Yeah, I think you just said it. I think Cooper Rush, because he's shown it in real time, has 
uh, again, the, the the practice squads have been expanded. So a guy like Will Greer, former West Virginia quarterback, um, you know, he's probably going to have a spot there, and he did look pretty good. Led them to some touchdown drives late in that game, and I, I love it because most fans, like like you and me, right, were like, well, "Who are these guys?" I mean, what are they? Rod B's like, "No, no, no, that's me. That's me. I need to be out there making plays. I was trying to make a team. It's a very important." So uh, we'll be. Oh, watching. I love watching the Cowboys preseason. Really, I, I have to know where whoever player is and what school they went to, and it, I, I like projecting what the rosters will look like at the end. See how close I can get. Yeah, well, we'll see because they've got two more preseason games as do the rest of the league, and. We'll get the second episode of Hard Knocks coming up tomorrow night so you get your NFL feel. No Monday Night Football tonight. They wrapped it up yesterday with the two games that were played. Um, the first game this week is Thursday night with Cleveland and Philadelphia. Uh, boy, the Eagles, I mentioned earlier, but if you watched the early part of that game, they played Baltimore. Baltimore won again, by the way. 24 in a row for the Ravens in the preseason. John Harbaugh is money. Just take the money line. By the skin of their teeth, though. But it's 20 to 19. They won, though. <laughs> hey, that's 24 in a row. Ride the trend. Was that one of my picks of the weekend? I know I picked the Raiders you and Cowboys. Pittsburgh. Did Pittsburgh win? You didn't pick <laughs> your own picks, dude. <laughs> I definitely picked the Raiders. I know that. I and picked. the Raiders looked really – again, they were playing the the, uh, the Chiefs yesterday. Um, Vegas, I mean, again, it's preseason. But they beat the 49ers. They beat the 49ers, not the Chiefs. They beat the 49ers 34. Uh, Pittsburgh won. 34-7. You took Pittsburgh in one of your what's popping picks on Friday. Uh, Pittsburgh – they won by 10 against the Bucks. Beat the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are bad. So the Cowboys are the only team that let me down. Cowboys, they went 2-1. and one. That's why you don't make those three-team parlays, Ty. That would have lost. You went 2-1, well, and one, you were strong. Okay, good, good. But you, you've you been wont to do that at times. Chargers blew up on the Rams, which was good. I just think, you know, Cowboys lost. And, you know, when it was ones versus ones, I thought the, the Jags were the better team. But, again, the Cowboys didn't play any ones on offense. They didn't play anybody. And But I, I really like Trevor Lawrence. I think, I, you know, that team – that's a question, like, which which team – we know who the, the the standard bearers are in the AFC. It's Kansas City is the defending champs, and they've been to three of the last five Super Bowls. They're the team to beat. They're kind of like the Astros of Major League Baseball. They're, they're the team to beat until proven otherwise. Uh, here comes Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow's team is seen as 1A with, you know, the one of the elite quarterbacks and – the elite receiving core with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all that they can do offensively. You got to put Cincinnati in that, but and then you've got you know Buffalo. They are seen as the standard in the AFC. And the question I'd have for Buffalo is, did they miss their window? Right, that game in, at Arrowhead Stadium that would have sent them to the Super Bowl when they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes for 17 seconds. Right, they couldn't close the game uh, in that overtime game. That everybody got so mad about you know the overtime and the Bills were the better team and all that. I always I was hooting and hollering that man, come on that's just terrible you can't stop a team for 17 seconds who has no timeouts from going down the field and kicking a field goal you should be better than that on defense or you don't belong in the Super Bowl it's a Tom Brady effect I know and and you wonder because Josh Allen last year was good but not as good um his his turnover numbers were way up and remember the Bills lost Brian Dayball Brian Dayball is now the head coach of the Giants and I think there was some regression in Josh Allen and can you get Josh Allen back to that Performance and obviously the entire Bills team had to deal with the Demar Hamlin story and what went on in that game in Cincinnati Monday Night Football. One of their teammates died on the field. Essentially, and was back. How about that? He was back on the field. He was back on the field. Demar Hamlin made a tackle. Three tackles. Three tackles. Uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach, afterwards said, "Man, that is he needed that." I mean, think about it. I mean, you lost your life on a football field. It's one thing to be 
recovered, cleared by the doctors, practicing, you know, training camp, but to be back on the football field. It's hard enough to come back from, you know, feeling like yourself after coming back from a like a knee injury. Imagine Yes. Di- you like died. heart stopping and trying to feel comfortable well, out there and, and, and pads. Fortunately and for him, people. fortunately for him he doesn't remember it. Um he it was it's a blur in his mind. But at the same time because maybe you could argue maybe because he doesn't remember anything that happened, you know, he remembers the hit, but then that was everything it's still got to be on your mind. I mean, you'd almost remember like a gory leg injury or something more because you you see that, you feel it, you remember it. Same time, you lost your life, and it's probably weird for the teammates who were there with him to you know be running around out there with him. But Demar Hamlin, a very very cool story, and he's back and uh, hoping to make that Bills roster. And likely he will. But the question is, though, so if those are your three standard bearers, who are the next three in the AFC? I think becomes the huge question. You've got the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. Most likely to be in that next three conversation, I think most people would look at it and say the Dolphins with a healthy Tua, but can he stay healthy? The Jets are going to be mentioned by some people because of Aaron Rodgers and you know rookie of the year offense and defense last year. Their big question is offensive line. Uh, some are going to say it's... You know, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson back. I I wouldn't put them there until I see it. But I put L.A. Chargers above all those teams. Well, that's where I will wonder if Jacksonville and the Jaguars can be the next step. They're very team. similar. If Jacksonville, because here's the, the advantage the Jags have, and the Cowboys just had to deal with them. They play in a division that's easier than any other division. They don't play in the AFC South or the West where they have to play. The, if you're the Chiefs, you play the Chargers. What will be an improved Broncos team with Sean Payton? The Raiders with Sean, Josh McDaniel in year two. Um, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo now, and they're not just going to be anybody's slouch, I think. Uh, and then in the AFC North, you've got, you know, the, the the standard bearer is Cincinnati, but there's Baltimore. What if Deshaun Watson gets back to being an elite quarterback uh, with the weapons? There, Cleveland's going to be a problem. Pittsburgh, well, Mike Tomlin always makes the playoffs. That's just part of the deal. And then in the North, you've got, as we mentioned, the Bills, Jets, and uh, Dolphins, and then the Patriots are in there somewhere. But Jacksonville's in a division where you're playing Houston. Twice you're playing Indianapolis twice. They're both you know breaking in rookie quarterbacks and are in a bit of rebuilds. Uh, the only team that that is really solid there is Tennessee, and they're old. They're an aging team with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and now DeAndre Hopkins. But you feel like Jacksonville should be better than them. Uh, so that becomes a team that if if the margins are slim between who's next behind the big three, well maybe you know schedule uh, makes a difference. Maybe the fact that they get to you know, take advantage of an easier division, uh, puts them into a spot where, and they're going to play a first-place schedule because they, they won the division last year. They'll play a tougher schedule outside of their own division. But Is know, that how that works? Yeah. Yeah, you play a first. So ones play ones? Ones play ones. Okay. Uh, two, twos plays twos. And obviously there's so much turnover in the NFL. Teams get better from year to year, but it doesn't always play out as a, the tougher schedule. On paper, to start the year, it's tough, and then injuries set in and it all changes. But for Jacksonville, you know, they have a chance. I, they were in the playoffs last year. They came back and beat the Chargers in that playoff game and the collapse by the Chargers and the amazing comeback, you know, sh- you know, led by Trevor Lawrence. And you wonder if that was a Trevor Lawrence grow-up moment to say, okay, we're going to be in this thing. The, you know, Forget about the Urban Meyer year, which was a disaster. Uh, Doug Peterson's a real-life coach. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, and if they show an, as much improvement in year two under Doug Peterson as they did in year one, Jacksonville's going to be a problem uh, for people. because And they've added Calvin Ridley. Uh, who had sat out the gambling suspension last year, but he's back. He adds another weapon to go with Zay Jones and uh, that really Kirk Christian Kirk and that really good receiver core. Evan Ingram at tight end, uh, Travis Etienne at running back. I mean, they're they're a handful and they they play in that easy division. So I like the Jacksonville as maybe that fourth team. 
when it's all said and done and when the season's over because the other divisions, I think, are going to beat up on one another pretty heavily because they are so talented and, and, and loaded across the board. Uh, over in the NFC, the question is the Cowboys, right? Where are, they, where are they in the pecking order? Are they in the established big three? Are they in there with Philadelphia, San Francisco, and then Dallas probably, right? They've lost to the Niners each of the last two years in January, but they're right there. Those weren't blowouts. They were close games in the fourth quarter. Mike McCarthy has taken over play calling and you know working with Dak Prescott to win that game, right? Because if you win that game, you're in the Final Four. You're past San Francisco, and you're playing in the championship of the NFC. But you know, if I say that the top three in the NFC tie are Philadelphia, who I think has improved even on what they were a year ago, San Francisco because Brock Purdy is healthy, and then Dallas, who's four? Who's four in the NFC for you? Man, that's tough. And here are your candidates. Detroit, Minnesota, the New Orleans Saints, and that was something to keep your eye on on Saturday with the preseason games. Actually, Sunday, they played the Chiefs. New Orleans had Derek Carr quarterback. There was Alvin Kamara playing running back, and there was Michael Thomas playing wide receiver, and they're all healthy. I mean, they're all, this is the first time that's happened, and obviously Derek Carr is the newcomer, but Kamara and Thomas are healthy. Chris Olave is the other receiver. The defense has always been pretty good in New Orleans. And again, much like the Colts or the Jaguars, the Saints, who on paper look like the most complete team, play in a division where they get to play Carolina, who's breaking in a new quarterback, and Tampa Bay and Atlanta. You've got three teams in your division that are not going to be playoff teams. Uh, so is there an advantage where all of a sudden the Saints – can get in that conversation with the Vikings uh, and the the Detroit Lions. I think and the, Seattle, too. And I think Seattle's got to be in that conversation, too. I agree with you 100%. Seahawks have had another great draft. If Geno Smith is close to what Geno Smith was last year in a Pro Bowl run, Seattle's got to be in that conversation of who's next. Because I think if you go to the NFC North and you're talking about Minnesota after a 13-win season – We've talked about the Vikings. They won a lot of those games with smoke and mirrors. They they won a what was it the thirty three to nothing comeback. They beat the Colts because Jeff Saturday isn't a head coach and they collapsed. I mean they had a lot of games where they found a way to, to eke out victories. Typically, that flips and the team that is most likely to pounce on them in that division is uh, are the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. I mean with that offense, I did watch some of the Detroit Lions preseason game. Jameer Gibbs, those guys. I, I'm if they can get that defense right, they're gonna be a scary team. I, I could see them passing up maybe one of those big three we talked about in the Cowboys or the maybe the 49ers. I, I'm not as into Brock Purdy as everybody. I want I want to see it for a full season. I think that's right. And the team now the league has a full year to prepare for him a little bit. And uh, you know, he's but he just he what they've got so many weapons. I mean, you you see the lists that are out of the top one hundred players and the 49ers have like five of the top twenty, which why are the why are the Niners considered loaded? Because if you have the top 100 players as voted by players, and five of them play for the Niners, because you're talking about Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, the left tackle Trent uh, Williams, Trent Williams, um, Nick Bosa, Nick Boza, and that doesn't even I mean that's just some of their great players. You have the number one tackle and the number one defensive end on yeah, your team, on that's... your team, and you've got Debo and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. And you've got the best linebacker uh, in 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 the middle there. They've got a really good secondary. I mean, obviously on defense they replaced D'Amico Ryan's, who's now in Houston coaching the Texans. But they're just so talented, they're, and they're just so good that if Brock Purdy doesn't have to be great, he's just got to do like he did last year and distribute the rock. You know, find the open man. You know, kind of like, like the Longhorns are going to expect from Quinn Ewers this year. Just distribute. 
Just get it where it needs to be. We're going to have mismatches because we just have really good players. That's where we need to go. And that's what, what Brock Purdy did when he got in the games. He just All of a sudden, if you were a fantasy football owner like I was who owned George Kittle and Brock Purdy took over for Jimmy Garoppolo, all of a sudden George Kittle blew up. George Kittle was catching two touchdowns a game. And you're like, oh, no, Brock Purdy, he likes to throw to the tight end. No, he likes to throw to the open man. But it's so weird because we watched him for four years at Iowa State, and he was after he his was freshman really good year, as a sophomore and a freshman. And well, regressed. By the way, we're now seeing some issues in that Matt Campbell program. Gambling. That dude should have left while he had the chance. <laughs> well, keep in mind Matt Campbell, the head coach of the Iowa State Cyclones, whose program is in the middle of a gambling scandal where their starting quarterback is going to be not able to play all year. Um, he turned down the Detroit Lions head coaching job for the total of about $75 million. Turned it down. Said, nah, don't want it. The other Campbell, Dan Campbell, happily took it, and now he's got a team that might be able to win that division with Jared Goff at quarterback. I'd also say this, and we'll wrap up our NFL preseason thoughts from the weekend, because this text says Trey Lance sucks. Yes, Trey Lance does suck. He's not good. Uh, he did not look Sam good. Sam Darnold did not look good either. Though. Sam Darnold didn't either. You know who looked good? Shane Bouchelle. Lifetime Longhorn and SMU Mustang with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs flinging it all over the yard yesterday. But uh, as far as the a- NFC North, when I look at it, I think the Bears are interesting. I think the Bears are interesting because Justin Fields, they feel like you know they've stolen that offense from what kind of like what Lamar Jackson does, borrow a little bit from Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. He rushed for 1,000 yards last year. You give him DJ Moore. Um, you got Chase Claypool there. they got a good group of tight ends. They can run the ball with, with Khalil Herbert. Um, that they need to improve their defense because their defense was terrible last year in Chicago. And remember, they traded Roquan Smith. They traded all their best defensive players. Um, gosh, Mack, um, the, Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack. They traded him to the you know they traded him a couple years ago. So they've traded all their best defensive players because they needed to acquire draft picks. Well, now we'll see if the Bears can become a factor. They weren't last year, but uh, we'll see if they can be in the mix. And then there's the Packers, and Jordan Love didn't look bad. Jordan Love did not look bad executing that offense. That's definitely the team with the most question marks going into the season. But they still have a winning mentality and culture there, um, even without Aaron Rodgers. They've got a defense that's salty. They've got two good running backs. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be all on Jordan Love. If Jordan Love is, I don't think, uh, you know, I wouldn't bet your money, Ty, that they're going to have a third straight Hall of Famer at quarterback following Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. But you know, Jordan Love doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer for them to be a pretty good football team. He's got to be good. He's got to be Brock Purdy. I mean, he's got to be that kind of player who distributes the rock, and they're going to run the ball. I just, I just can't see him being very successful, especially with the fact that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do much with that offense with those weapons last year, and they didn't really add much. They lost their, they lost Alan Lazar, they lost Randall Cobb, they got Christian Watson coming back, who had a great rookie year, but that's about it. And we can also say that Aaron Rodgers wasn't very good last year. Aaron Rodgers had a broken thumb, he says, and he was not the normal Aaron Rodgers who had won back-to-back MVPs the two previous years. It was not a good year for Aaron Rodgers, and, well, now here he is with the New York Jets. So, all right, there you go. There's some NFL. We had uh, all 32 teams in action over week over the weekend. We'll take your first impressions. Speaking of impressions, coming back, we go behind the burn orange curtain. Rod B., We'll uh, give you some thoughts behind the BOC on uh, the Longhorns in their first of two training camp scrimmages. That's coming next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all-sports leader, the Horn. Somebody asked if the Falcons did hold out B. John Robinson. They did. They didn't play a snap in their game on uh, Friday night with the Dolphins. He'll play at some point. He's going to be their, one of their future running backs. I think that's fair to say. 
and one of their feature weapons with the uh, Atlanta Falcons in 2023. Also, it says Matt Campbell, the most overrated coach in college football. Well, you know, he did build Iowa State into something pretty darn good as far as Iowa State's concerned, if you know what uh, that program has been and had been. But, yes, I mean, um, they did not maximize the the late career of uh, Brock Purdy. And that team had a bunch of NFL guys on it, Brees Hall and Charles Kolar, the tight end, and all guys that are playing in the National Football League. Uh, gosh, the Texans drafted Xavier Hutchinson, the receiver, this year. They had a first-round defensive player this year. Yeah, what was, what was McDonald. Name? Yeah. Well, and that's where Matt Cannibal has changed that program. I mean, he's producing top NFL talent, but, you know, that's a tough program to win at. But at the same time, yes, I don't think he maximized that. And But that's why I said I wonder if some of the things we're now hearing about with the gambling and the culture, and I don't know if that, that has been an ongoing issue that we're just now learning about. Uh, same time, because I, mean, I remember the year they were supposed to be in a contender for the – a lot of people thought they'd have a chance to play for the Big 12 championship, and they really underachieved that year. And then last year, I think, was kind of a rebuild year. And now Hunter Deckers, who was supposed to replace Brock Purdy, is not going to play. So you can't expect much at Iowa State this year because they don't have a quarterback. And the quarterback, they they thought they had one of them. I mean, look, very few teams in the Big 12 are returning quarterbacks. Texas is with Quinn Ewers. Iowa State was one of them. Uh, Texas Tech is one of them. Oklahoma is one of them. It's one of the reasons those are their teams picked to be at the top of the conference. Uh, but and Iowa State was one. Well, now they're not because Hunter Deckers is not going to play this year. Um, almost certainly with the uh, the gambling investigation that, that has been going on there in the state of Iowa. Okay, so there's some college football, also some pro football. we got Notre Dame at number 15 in our countdown. Tomorrow we'll be at number 14, obviously, if you can count, which means uh, we're going back into the Big 12 at number 14. We had three Big 12 teams in our back end of our top 20 last week with Texas Tech at 20, and we had uh, TCU at 17 and Oklahoma at 16. We'll have another Big 12 team tomorrow at number 14 on our way to number one. But right now, we're talking Texas football. They'll be in our rankings, I believe, here coming up as we get closer to uh, the top. But uh, with the Longhorns, they had their first scrimmage on Saturday. We've talked about it. If you're just tuning in here in the 11 o'clock hour, the Longhorns are going to have two big full squad scrimmages in camp. The first one was this past Saturday. There'll be another one coming up. And as uh, Rod told you, the, and we'll hear coming up, well, each one has its own method for Steve Sarkeesian. But let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. Rod Babers with some thoughts, and uh, we kicked it around earlier this morning on what went on in the scrimmage on Saturday morning. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, what's a bigger storyline for you coming out of the um, first spring practice? By the way, Sark has already said first spring practice is really just a show-me-what-you-got spring a scrimmage, I should say. The first spring scrimmage is a first kind of um, show-me-what-you-got. I don't know why I keep saying spring. Scrimmage, training camp scrimmage. Um, and he said the second scrimmage, that'll be the scrimmage that's more of a depth chart scrimmage. And this first scrimmage, there are several storylines that the insiders are pointing to because it was a close scrimmage. Only the family, I think the families of all the players actually were invited to the scrimmage. And, uh, of course, we're based on some insider reports. So shout out to Horn 24-7. Um, got some of these reports from there. Uh, shout out to our friends over at Inside Texas doing a good job. Got some reports from those guys, too. And Orange Bloods got a couple. So kind of gathered up and piecemeal different reports because we got a lot of sites doing a really good job. Uh, so Arch Madding. And his wow plays, apparently, because Arch Manning looked really, really good. So uh, is that a bigger storyline or the Alfred Collins awakening? Apparently, Alfred Collins actually had a great scrimmage, too. Um, the different 
first-team O-line. They change up any first-team O-line. A.D. Mitchell hype because it continues. Every time there's a practice report or a now a scrimmage report, A.D. Mitchell hype is <laughs> pretty much a given every now, every time we hear anything. Uh, the running back room rounding into form. Um, Anthony Hill, the prodigy, looking like a prodigy. Or the defense forcing turnovers and getting takeaways for you for storylines will be the bigger for just for you because i think everybody's got something that yeah, they're I emphasizing mean, and focus on out of all those that i mentioned and there are others we'll get to uh which one of those to you is the most intriguing for me that's easy it's Alfred collins i mean uh, okay because you know ad mitchell as you mentioned is the headline of every practice report you see i mean that, let's just, <laughs> I think that if that's we, consistent i think we can start to d- just say that you know, because as we were talking about the Cowboys, right? What we saw from Demarvion Overshone and Deuce Vaughn on Saturday—that's been the report in all uh, all three weeks out in Oxnard. Yeah, like a whole camp. Uh, Demo and Deuce Vaughn are showing up. Uh, they're just making plays. That's been the AD Mitchell report since the Longhorns started practicing. That AD Mitchell is one of the best players on the field every day since the spring. Yeah, since the spring, <laughs> we saw him in the spring game. Yeah. So let's just—I mean, you can start to say, okay, who are your best players? Kelvin Banks at left tackle is one of your best players. You can believe in him if he stays healthy. AD Mitchell is one of your best players at wide receiver. Uh, Byron Murphy on the defensive tackle. He's a guy that just shows up. Jalen Ford's a really good player at linebacker. You know you got some knowns, right? You got known known commodities, and I think AD Mitchell has joined that known commodity conversation. Um, and I also know that Arch Manning is going to be a backup quarterback. He may end up maybe he beats out Malik Murphy to be the backup if he continues to perform like he did on Saturday, because all accounts were that mm-hmm. he was more decisive and more immediate with his reads and distributing the ball than Malik Murphy was. But Quinn Yours had a fine day. Um, you know, Quinn Yours is going to be the starting quarterback for Texas in 19 days, and he's going to be your starter. So, to me, the Alfred Collins story is huge because I think what can separate Texas from being a real – you talked about it last week, Rod, behind the burnt orange curtain. Yeah. You know, how do you go from being a, a really good, solid defense that finishes in the top 30 in scoring defense in the country to being a elite top 10 or 15 type of defense, an yeah. elite defense? Alfred Collins. I mean, Alfred Collins becomes – that kind of guy who can change games from the line of scrimmage. Because uh, you know Byron Murphy's going to be there. You feel good about Baron Sorrells, Trevandre Sweat, and the rotation at D-tackle's good. But, you know, Alfred Collins comes with that special tag. He's got that little extra that that is a game-changer well, kind of thing. He's got physical dimensions you cannot teach. Yes, the long <laughs> arms, the big things body. That you can not and teach. if the, the lights come on or the motor's <laughs> cranking, that guy can change the game. Uh, that guy can become, you know, we talk about finishing, you know, not just pressures but sacks. Yep. Not just sacks but turnovers. Uh, you know, not just close to turnovers but actually taking the ball away. Uh, Alfred Collins can help you do that. I totally agree with you. Here is the uh, report. Shout out to uh, friends over at Horns 24-7 for this particular one. Um, uh, when asked who was the best defender on the day, the answer was Alfred Collins. Yeah. Yeah. They so uh, started uh, with, you know, the, the, at least the source here said, started with Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat would sub in to replace Ethan Burke to match personnel, but did say that Alfred Collins may have had maybe the best defender on the day overall. Yeah, played inside and outside when they needed him to be, uh, you know, as an outside shade. And the other, you mentioned the other name that I heard and read a lot about was Ethan Burke. That yeah. Ethan Burke, uh, you know, the former lacrosse player at Westlake, who's, you know, six foot seven. But uh, football IQ is something Sark has talked about with Ethan Burke and, and, you know, a guy that can really get after the quarterback. Because that's really the biggest question on the Texas defense for me is I I think they're deep at safety. I think they've got the, you know, they're really good up the middle. Like you talk about, Rod, the central nervous system of their defense, tackle, linebacker, and and safeties. I think they're solid there. 
They're looking for a corner opposite Ryan Watts. Mm. But, man, I think if, if you tell me this team's going to have a pass rush and be able to finish quarterback sacks this year uh, with guys like Ethan Burke, Alfred Collins, Baron Sorrell, with Byron Murphy in the push in the middle, this, this defense can go from good to really good to maybe even great. Yeah, um, they had 27 sacks. I believe PK, when he spoke to the media, said they missed 13 sacks. So, you, you know, you're trying to cash in on maybe half of those that you missed last season. Um, that could end up being some game-changing plays. He said that they had uh, they had 14 uh, takeaways last season, and I believe he said they missed out on 20-plus uh, opportunities to get other takeaways for different reasons. I don't know how they calculated, but either way, it does – it does show you that there's a lot of room for improvement for the defense. And they were a good defense last year. Uh, but we talked about the, the splash plays, the havoc plays. You need more guys going to create havoc plays. That are your tackles for loss, your sacks, your forced fumbles, your interceptions, your PBUs. Jalen Catalan is one of those guys who can take that next step. I saw a video, a clip of him getting an interception um, in one of their practices. So that's a guy you got to count on to be a playmaker. You need more playmakers on defense, not just Jalen Ford. Uh, And hopefully Alfred Collins can be one of those guys. He's taking that next step. Uh, And one of the other uh, reports that I thought were really interesting is, you know, about the defense forcing turnovers overall. Uh, There was a forced fumble. Um, shout out, I think it's Liana LaFowle was the one that forced the fumble against Jatavion Sanders. So that's a good report. The two interceptions, because uh, uh, Malik Murphy threw an interception. Uh, Quinn Ewers, I believe, threw an interception. Even though you don't want your quarterbacks to be throwing interceptions, both of those, I think Quinn Ewers, they say also threw two touchdowns, had a good day. Uh, but there was an interception, so it shows you the 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 defense, they're starting to be a little bit more opportunistic and make plays you got to be a, t- a defense that's able to take the football away. That's another step Texas can take. They only had 14 last year. I mean, that's that's a pretty low number for, sure. for a, a really good defense like Texas, uh, considering they were top 10 in pressures. Those pressures are supposed to be either converted into sacks or they're supposed to be converted into more takeaways because it forces the the opposing quarterback to make mistakes under duress. And it's not it for some reason something's lost right there in translation for Texas. It's not they're not converting those pressures even though they were second in the country but uh, pro football focus says behind I believe it's Clemson. They're not converting those into sacks because they were second to last among the top 10 in pressures in sacks and they're not converting those into takeaways because they were they had 14 takeaways so at the bottom of the Big 12 also in takeaways. So that's the, that's what they're trying to rectify but defensively. And, and for folks who don't have the insider access, I also saw where Xavier Worthy didn't participate. He might be dealing with something minor, but they're probably precautionary with X-Man. Nah, we don't and need that, to see anything from X-Man. And there was a report. <laughs> All right, there's uh, Rod Babers and myself talking some Longhorn football. Five, uh, excuse me, 445 today. You'll start to hear some uh, stuff reported about Steve Sarkeesian because the Longhorns will practice this afternoon. Then Sark is going to meet the media. It'll be the first conversation with uh, with the coverage media since that scrimmage on Saturday. So to get some injury updates, there was reports about Jordan Whittington, as we mentioned, and uh, we'll get an update there. Also, uh, the big offensive, big defensive lineman Zaire uh, Zaire Mitchell, the freshman from New Jersey, he also reportedly has a deal. In, he's dealing with an injury. I'm assuming we'll get an update on those coming up uh, from Sark at about uh, 4:45 this afternoon. 
But uh, and all the recap of scrimmage one, second scrimmage coming up. A couple, I think this coming Saturday, because then, gosh, from from this coming Saturday, you're two weeks to the opener, which means school starts back up for the for the for the players, and then, gosh, you'll be in the game week uh, right after that as it comes on quickly, without a doubt. Quick timeout. We'll be back. Uh, we will wrap things up with what's popping, what we're looking at today and tonight. Ty will have a gambler's pick of the night, a what's popping prediction coming back. Listen live at hornfm.com or download the Horn app. The Horn, where Austin talks sports. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like stocking. Just Josh, what's popping? We recap this morning everything that's gone on over the weekend, including the Longhorn scrimmage, Cowboys game, 16 NFL preseason matchups that we dove into. Baseball, I got to be live, unfortunately, at the Astros' win over the Angels on Saturday night. See my guy Bill Doran into the Astros' Hall of Fame. That was fun, along with Bill Brown. Pretty cool weekend for sure. Ty was doing some lake activities. How was uh, lake crowded these days? Crowded out there? Yeah, uh, I mean... It's hard to get out there, but once you get out there, it's definitely pretty crowded. Hard because you got to put the boat in. You have to yeah. launch. Either stuff. nobody know somebody or own a boat, which isn't isn't a cheap thing to do. Well, I'm looking at the stories right now. One was killed uh, on a boat jet ski crash on Lake Travis over the weekend, and then one missing, multiple injured on a boat crash. I guess, I guess the boat hit land there on Lake Austin. Mm. LBJ, I mean Ladybird Lake. So be careful out there. And as we've also said, be very careful because uh, what's popping. School's back. School's back in. Uh, AISD and Maynard went back to school today with students on campus, Fredericksburg as well. And then tomorrow, just, uh, you know, it's going to get really crowded with Pflugerville, Round Rock ISD, San Marcos, and Dripping Springs all opening up with kids. And then on Wednesday, everybody will be back with Lake Travis, Eanes, Elgin, Leander, Liberty Hill, and Wimberley, Georgetown as well. So, uh, you know, it's that time of the year. So school zones, morning and afternoon, uh, traffic will ramp up and be uh, quite a bit more crowded, and that's where Don Miller comes along. So that'll be popping. School's back. As t- uh, Rod said earlier, you got to get your you get your outfit. You got to be got to be looking clean as you get off to school. Speaking of clean, you see that uh, what's popping is that uh, Jalen Hurts has become the third NFL quarterback to join the Jordan brand. Jordan brand, Michael Jordan's Nike brand. Uh, he, he is in. He's gotten picked up. Patrick Mahomes, you said. No, no, Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay. Jalen Hurts is in. Do you know who the other two Jordan Brand quarterbacks are? I do not. Well, the answer would be Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott <sighs> and Panthers rookie Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Probably should have known that. Probably should have known that. You didn't know Dakota? Dakota was in there. Yeah, so that's popping for them. Also, uh, what you watching tonight, Ty? You got uh, Astros in Florida. You know, the Astros haven't played a game in Miami. Since 2017, so it's been six, seven years since the Astros have played in Miami. They have a, a series opening tonight. Marlins just uh, rocked the Yankees' world with an unbelievable comeback and won a series against the Yankees. Marlins are in the wild card hunt in the National League. Astros come in having taken two or three from the Angels. They have Framber Valdez on the mound tonight. Rangers are home to the Angels with Max Scherzer on the bump tonight. Pablo Sandoval for the for the Angels Patrick, going up there? Patrick. Or Patrick. You mean Patrick Sandoval? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah no, Max Scherzer, see if he can get three in a row. His, uh, his, he's a left-hander for the Angels. His mother wouldn't be happy if you called him Pablo, and his name's Patrick. <laughs> so let's sorry. go with Patrick. But the Rangers should rock his world. He's 6-8 and eight with an ERA of around four. Max Scherzer's been really good since he's joined the Rangers. I'm just excited we don't have to face Otani during this series. Yeah, well, he was supposed to. I got to see Shohei Otani in person uh, I'll be on, on Saturday, and uh, the Astros, J.P. France, by the way, Astros 
I'll tell you what else is popping for the Astros is they, you know, how about this stat? You know, everybody knows the Astros have had really good players and really good teams and six straight trips to the Final Four, essentially, the AL Championship Series. You know, in the last nine years, in seven of those years, the an Astros either won the Rookie of the Year or been in the top four for Rookie of the Year in the American League. It's unbelievable. And here they are again this year where they've reacquired uh, Justin Verlander, but Yiner Diaz, their catcher, and the pitcher J.P. France, the right-hander, who won his eighth game, eight and two now on Saturday night. He, they're going to be in the mix for Rookie of the Year. I mean, they're, I mean, obviously Josh Young, the Ranger third baseman, is likely to win it, but he's out now. And so, you know, Astros have two more guys that they've developed. They've done a great job of allowing the the Garrett, uh, the uh, George Springers, and the Carlos Correas, and the you know Garrett Coles to move on, and they just seem to replace them with young young pitchers and young players uh, while keeping their core together which it's a pretty good core. And Rangers are too, by the way. Uh, Scherzer and Sandoval tonight. You have a what's popping pick of the night, gambler's pick? Colorado Rockies, plus 190 over the Diamondbacks. A little, a little value here. If you, if you can trust me, the Rockies have been playing better as of late. They're playing at home. We've got flexing against Kelly on the mound tonight. Just take a money line. Let's do it. Put at least right. a unit That's on That's what's popping. That's what's popping. I'm with that. All right, also popping. There's new shows. They got the new Billions is out. Uh, new season episode. Season seven debuted last night. Winning time with the the rise of the LA Lakers. If you're into that on HBO, they've got a new season that's underway. And uh, tomorrow night we'll be popping with the uh, Hard Knocks episode two with Aaron Rodgers behind the scenes with the New York Football Jets. It should be a great week. Good luck with your uh, back-to-school plans if you've got youngsters doing it. Hope they have a great year, and let's get them off to a great start. Have a wonderful Monday. We're just getting warmed up. We'll hear you and be live with you 6 a.m. tomorrow morning with E and Rod B. on the Horn, on the Horn app, and at hornfm.com.